Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. Can't find my Rangers hat, so going with the... uh, the lumberjack look. I'm in rural New Jersey. Got to play the part at some points, I guess. Uh, joining me as always, co-host, partner in crime, whatever you want to call him, Michael Clifford. We all call him Slim Cliffy. How was your weekend, Cliffy? Ah, not too bad. Um, ended up. I didn't play last night. I ended up cashing on Saturday night, mercifully, thanks to old Jeff Skinner's return um, <laughs> against Arizona. Um, Top line really did some damage again there. Went to a little Christmas get-together with some friends on Saturday night, which was nice. Uh, nice to see some people there before. Like, Christmas just snuck up this year. Um, oh, I know yeah. I know Hanukkah started yesterday. But, like, the first weekend in December was Friday the 2nd. And, like, you know, it's two days into December. You're not thinking about Christmas. And then you have two weekends and then bam Christmas this weekend. It's just really snuck up on me. Thank mercifully. I got all my shopping done uh, back in November. So not too stressed about it, but yeah, pretty good weekend. Crazy, crazy world cup yesterday. Um, That was one of the best soccer games I've ever seen in my life. It's certainly the most um, entertaining, one of the most entertaining, especially when you consider it was world cup final, Um, pretty entertaining NFL games yesterday as well. Just a whole lot. Uh, of good stuff over the weekend. So uh, nice little uh, stretch of sports here as we're uh, leading into the uh, the uh, holiday break coming up here this weekend. Yeah, Christmas also snuck up on me. Forgot to do my Christmas shopping till last week. Amazon Prime, the play. <laughs> Everyone got some stuff off Amazon Prime. But yeah, that World Cup game was epic. Um, man, happy for so- Messi. Yeah, as go right as off it was three two in overtime. Like I thought, you know, game over. Um, no, it wasn't. And then of course the penalty kicks. I don't know. Just really entertaining. Pretty good game from your boys last night. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched bits and pieces of it. Rangers absolutely just wiped the floor um with Chicago seven to one. Uh you had a good lineup. Um, unfortunately, it featured Chris Kreider, who put up a Blutarski <laughs> in a game where his team scored seven goals. The old 0.0 uh, from Chris Kreider, not what you're looking for, but uh, you still had a pretty good lineup. So, uh, I mean, good on you. Yeah, I mean, they did what they're supposed to do against the Hawks. Like, the Hawks are just awful. 
They don't even, like all their young kids like are not even like prospects. They're just like borderline NHLers. There's no positives about the Hawks right now other than like they're tanking. Like they should trade Kane. They should trade Taze. They should trade anyone with a pulse to get more draft picks and tank for Bedard. That's what I would do. I just really didn't get what Chicago did in the offseason. Like, obviously, they're rebuilding for the future. So they trade the brain cat who's 23, 24, and they trade Kirby Doc, who's 22. And then they just get they get rid of Dylan Strom, who's on the playing on the top line for Washington now. Um, get rid of him for nothing. Don't qualify him. Um, and they don't qualify Dominic Kubelik. And Kubelik's on pace for like a 70 point season or something like that. So not only did they trade away two good young players, but at the Brinkat, a, a young superstar, they just gave away two pieces that for absolutely nothing that they probably could have just, even if you can't get anything for them last season, last off season, hold on to them. Trade them at the deadline this season when, you know, teams only have to pay one third of their cap hit or, or something like that. I, I don't know. But, I mean, good for Stroman Kubelik getting out of there. Um, got out of there just in the nick of time to watch that ship just completely uh, implode and sink to the bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah. And I mean, like, Kane, they're not going to be able to trade without retaining 50%. Like, they're not going to. We're not here to talk about the Hawks. We could talk about them for a long time. That is a miserable organization from top <laughs> to bottom. But we have a nice eight-gamer eight here today, and we'll, let's get into it. But before we do, as you know, we like likes. So give a smash that thumbs up button. Very important. Give us a like and subscribe to so keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget... Almost all of our content is available in podcast form, except for Live Before Locks. The shelf lives on those are an hour, obviously. Available on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Make sure you smash that like button. Helps us out. Helps you out. Helps everyone out. Help you help me help you. Let's get into this fun little eight-gamer here. Florida Panthers with a 2.7 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.7 total. Spencer Knight is confirmed. Linus Olmark is probable. Big news for the Panthers. Um, Barkov, Alexander Barkov is out tonight. So this lineup, not looking too great here. <clears throat> Matt Kachuk with Sam Bennett and Colin White. Carter Verhage with E2-D2, loose to Reinen and Sam Reinhart. And then the third line, Ryan Lomberg, Eric Stahl, Nick Cousins. Boston running back there. Lines with DeBrusque up top, Pasternak on the second line here. The news for Boston is Hampus, Lindholm, and Charlie McAvoy in the last game. They swapped power play units. Lindholm on the top unit, McAvoy on the second unit. Without Barkov, just, you know, this makes it more of a Boston game for me. Spencer Knight, probably the better goalie for the Panthers, but still struggles on the penalty kill. There are a lot of very good expensive lines here tonight, so I don't know how much Boston I'll be getting to, but they're coming in fairly low-owned, and they have a massive total, so they definitely have to be in play tonight. Yeah, um, as always, the Boston Bruins, expensive, not carrying a lot of ownership, and David Pasternak uh, still down on the second line. 
I, I thought it was notable that they had Pavel Zaka um, lining up again on the second line, pushing Taylor Hall down to the third line. Like, I know why they're doing it. It's because Pasternak with Krejci is good enough to just carry a line regardless of who the winger is on the other side. Um, and then Hall obviously moving down to the third line, put him, you know, um, in, a, in a spot where he's not going to see, uh, you know, very top competition, let's say. Um, skating with Charlie Coyle, it gives them essentially a third scoring line. So, like, I know why they're doing it, but it's just frustrating because um, the numbers with Hall are, uh, you know, a lot better, um, especially the offensive numbers. Um, Boston's top line has been pretty good, obviously, um, whether it's Jake DeBrus, whether it's David Pasternak on that wing. I was looking at their numbers um, since Thanksgiving, um, you know, 2.9 expected goals for uh, four point uh, one, only 1.5 actual goals for the shooting percentage suffers. And that's something that um, we brought up on prior shows. Whenever Boston is playing and they don't have David Pasternak on the top line, it's that top line doesn't score near as much when Pasternak's not there. Now, I don't think that should be a, a very big surprise. Um, you know, Pasternak's a top five uh, offensive winger in, in hockey. Um, but at the same time, it, it it, it kind of hurts their upside, right? Because generally to get there um, with a line that expensive, you probably need like three or four goals out of them, right? Um, if they're not really scoring that much at five and five, it puts a lot of pressure on the power play. And if it puts a lot of pressure on producing on the power play, then you kind of want David Pasternak in the lineup, in your lineups with them. So I, I think it's a case, like we said on the on the Saturday show, I think if you're playing Boston, you do have to kind of find a way to get Pasternak in your lineup. Like, I know um, he hasn't been really, like, shooting a, a, a ton lately. Um, you know, his shot rates earlier in the season were basically, you know, like an even five shots per game. He's still right around that mark of late, but there have been some low ice time games, you know, 19 minutes, 17 minutes, 18 minutes in his last 10. Um, there are a lot of 20-plus games as well, but – I think if you're using Boston, you just have to find a way to get um, Pasternak in that lineup. And, like, it's not necessarily a great matchup for Boston. Like, I get the 3.7 total. A couple of reasons. One, Florida does take a lot of penalties, 3.8 times shorthanded per game this season. League average is about 3.3, so they're giving up an extra half power play per game to the opponent. That's a lot. Um, Boston also amongst um, the highest for power play opportunities per game also at 3.8. Um, so, you know, Boston could get four, maybe five power plays in this game pretty easily. And if you do that, that's another case for really wanting David Pasternak in your lineups, right? And the Florida top line on the other side, Bennett and Kachuk, we've said it whenever they're playing together. They've been pretty good together this season. Even if they're not playing, you know, with Carter Verhage on, on their wing or whether, you know, um, they don't have Alexander Barkov or whether, you know, whether they don't have Sam Reinhardt, whomever it may be. Um, ben and Kachuk together this year without Carter Verhage, 150 minutes, 4.3 goals, four per 60 minutes, only 2.3 expected goals against. Like those are pretty good numbers offensively and defensively. I wonder how well Colin White's going to fit there, but it's not like a prime primo five on five matchup for Florida. So then you're relying, or for Boston's top line, sorry. So then you're relying um, on the power play. And like I said, you, you probably want David Pasternak in your lineup if that's the case. So I do like Boston's top line here, but I think this is definitely a case where you can drop off either DeBrusque or Marchand um, 
and put in David Pasternak instead. Like Marchand hasn't really been doing a lot lately. 21 shots and seven points in his last 10 games. That's not really that good. That's, you know, basically like 180 shot, 60 point season, which is certainly not um, anything close to Brad Marchand levels. So um, I think you can leave him off given the way that he's been, you know, kind of not involved in the offense. And I think that also speaks to just how this top line hasn't been great offensively at five on five without Pasternak there. So it's the Boston power play guys that I have um, particular interest in here. I know some people might dive down to Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, um, you know, do that as a little two man, but Hall's pretty expensive at 5,900. Like that's a 10 K two man. You know what I mean? I think I'd probably try to look for cheaper spots elsewhere. So it's the Boston power play guys. I don't think I'm going to be going anything on the Florida side. Um, you know, without Barkoff there, you know, the power play numbers um, have certainly suffered. Um, they kind of switched up their power play a little bit last game. If I'm not mistaken, they went back to a more traditional 4-4-1 defenseman power play with Brandon Montour <laughs> as, a, as a lone defenseman. Um, no Aaron Ekblad. Now, they only did that for the very last power play of the game, so I'm not sure if that's something that's going to carry over and be a thing all game long, but it is a concern if for anybody that is playing Ekblad here tonight. So probably nothing for me on the Florida side. It's the Boston power play guys. I don't think I'm dipping down the Boston lineup, um, you know, to get a 10 K two man. Like if you want to go all the way down to the fourth line, um, I, I guess you can, but uh, for me, it's the Boston power play. Yeah. And I think one offing posture knock on is on its own is perfectly fine. So I, yeah. Before we get to the blue one here, though, you have a $50 super chat. Thank you very much. Put it up on the screen here from CPS DFS. He says, Tim Horty's on me, boy. I don't know if I'm a Tim Bits fan. We'll get we'll get your opinion on that in a second. Thanks for all the great content. Been on a heater this past week and want to give back a bit or give a bit back. Happy holidays and let's keep it rolling. Yeah, man, you dropped that in our Discord this morning. I finally finished scrolling through them. You had like 12 miles worth of screenshots, which was nice to see from you. you had some really great lineups, some really great crashes. Congrats to you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, maybe with those winnings, you can get, you know, a little bit better taste than Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a Tim Hortons coffee guy. I will say the Tim Hortons breakfast is pretty good. I mean, nothing touches McDonald's in my opinion, but the Tim Hortons breakfast is pretty good. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to the Timbits. The Timbits are still solid. I don't think the donuts are that great. And they kind of changed how they made them a, a little while back. Not a big fan of the donuts, but the Timbits, the breakfast, yeah, still good. So thanks for that $50 super chat. Congrats on all the success. Hopefully uh, a little bit more here in the final two thirds of the season. Yeah. And I'm just talking about Tim Hortons, by the way, there's only one within like a 50 mile radius of me and it's you know not great but up in canada there's a lot more yeah. let's move to the blue line here um do 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 charlie or charlie mcavoy got moved to the second power play unit he's 6200 so that puts the preferred d-man on the boston side for me hampus lindholm uh 4600 power play one really like that if you want to punt i think brandon carlo is fine mac Rizlik, probably okay as well on the Panthers side, eh, like prices are okay. I just, I don't, I don't think I would go to anyone unless I'm doing Panther stacks. Yeah, um, I mean the Boston power play has been kind of 
iffy of late. I think it's been more the goaltending than the or Boston penalty kill. Sorry, I think it's been more the goaltending than anything else. But again, without Barkov, like eh, I don't really have a lot of interest um, necessarily in the power play guys. Um, like and like I said, Ekblad may not even be on the top power play um, in this game. So uh, for me, on the Florida side, it would you know is Mark Stahl fine again as a deep punt? Like yeah. he's been playing like 18, 19 minutes, I guess. Um, maybe he can get hit by three pucks for uh, all you DraftKings players out there. I think Gustav Forsling makes it kind of an interesting play here. His peripherals have been pretty good for a little while now. Um, 17 shots, 12 blocks in his last five games. He's really doing a lot. Boston's typically a pretty tough defensive team, but you know, maybe it gives them more opportunities for blocks. And like I said, I don't think I'm focusing on the Panthers power play, but yeah, Hampus Lindholm, 4,600 on DraftKings. He's got to be one of the best defense plays on the night, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Mark Stahl is so slow now that, like, he can't even get away, get out of the way of pucks when they're coming at him. So he's live for a shot block bonus just out of the fact of being an absolute pylon. Let's move to the next game. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.6 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 3.4. Philly Huso confirmed. Charlie Lindgren also confirmed. Wings top line now is fully correlated on the top power play with Michael Rasmussen, Dylan Larkin, David Perron. Lucas Raymond down to the second line. That is a three-ling line. Lucas Raymond also on the top power play unit. Dominic Kubalik moved to the second power play unit. That second line, Cop, Raymond, Kubalik, all wingers on DraftKings. Not that it really matters tonight on DraftKings. I guess like that wings top line is okay. It's a double center line. I just like it's an okay power play matchup. I don't know how much I'll be getting to on an eight game slate. You know, at the 2.6 total on the road. Again, this is more for the Washington side. Just lock buttoning Eric Gustafson coming off the hat trick. Maybe he does it again. I'm just kidding. I would not recommend Eric Gustafsson again tonight, but I think this is like, I'm kind of coming around on full stacking more a little bit on the Capitals here. That top line has been very good. That second line has been playing well. Uh, So yeah, I think there's stuff to like more so on the cap side. Yeah, it is the cap side that I really do like here. Um, One thing Washington doesn't do a lot of when they're at home, you know, at least over the last few games, is send out that ovechkin strom Sherry against opposing top lines. So I don't think Ovechkin, at least a 5-on-5, I don't think he's going to see much of that Larkin-Peron line. Not like it's something that I would be really wanting to avoid, but, you know, Larkin and Peron, the numbers without Lucas Raymond on their line this year, pretty good. 3.4 expected goals for, 2.3 expected goals against, 5 goals for per 60 minutes. Um, 3.8 against um, Detroit goaltending is what it is sometimes. Um, you know, maybe the defense gets a little bit better with Michael Rasmus in there. Um, I, I'm not sure. That, that's just such a weird play to have him on the top line. Like, I really don't know. Um, you know, I thought Jonathan Bergeron has been playing reasonably well. Pia Suter has been pretty good defensively. I thought maybe he might get a move up, but um, I guess it's Rasmussen. Um, but yeah, Washington's not going to be using their top line against the opposing top line. So I imagine they see a fair bit of that Adam Ernie, Andrew Kopp, Lucas Raymond line. <laughs> and uh, Raymond and Kopp actually have played a fair bit together this season, about 120 minutes um, at five on five for Kopp and Raymond. That's about 10 games worth. 
Um, two expected goals, four for 60 minutes, three and a half against. 1.6 actual goals for, four goals against per 60 minutes. Um, it's just a bad line. Like we, we've said it uh, numerous times on this show. Um, Andrew Cops just looked bad for Detroit this year. Uh, whether you look at the numbers or whether you just watch the Detroit Red Wings, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would try to find a different game. Not unless, but, you're, not unless your doctor prescribed you Perbix, then you can watch the Red Wings. But yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, thank you for, for that caveat. I completely forgot. But Cop, his his offensive numbers this year are just brutal. Raymond, Raymond still not like a great two-way winger just yet. He can score, but he's still not that good defensively. I think it's just a really, really great matchup for that Washington top line which has itself been very good. 3.8 expected goals for 2.5 expected goals against per 60 minutes in their last 125 minutes together. The problem is, is the shooting percentage. That's been the problem for Washington at five, at five on five and kind of on the power play basically all season. Um, so, you know, if that shooting percentage can ever turn around, you know, shooting 4% in their last 10 games together, um, if that can ever climb up to like, you know, eight, nine, 10%, this is a line that could score four goals per 60 minutes. Um, which is obviously very, very good. So um, it is a Washington top line that I do like in this game. Uh, Ovechkin, Strom, and Shiri. As I always say, I think you can, you know, kind of take out Shiri and put in Kuznetsov um, for some power play, additional power play um, exposure if you want. Um, Kuznetsov has actually looked good after, it seemed like he had a rough stretch to start the season, maybe bad seven, eight games to start the year, but he's been pretty good over the last 20 games or so. So, um, you know, Ovechkin, Strom, and Kuznetsov, I think, is something you can do. Just remember that Marcus Johansson's now back on the top power play unit with TJ Oshie injured. Um, we had talked about how much better the power play had been with Oshie there, so it's kind of concerning. Um, but the Detroit penalty kills amongst the worst in the league over the last few weeks, so um, still a good power play spot uh, for the Caps, I think. So it's the Washington top line that I really like here. The second line seems fine. Kuznetsov and Mantha um, do have a pretty good sample together. 100 minutes, 2.6 expected goals for, 4.2 actual goals for. Um, you know, again, the big problem is shooting percentage. Kuznetsov shooting 5.1% on the year, which is like half, less than half his three-year average. So if he can turn that around, um, obviously there's, there's some upside. I you know, I don't mind Kuznetsov Mantha as like a two-man or something like that. It's pretty cheap because Mantha's price hasn't come up yet. But it's the Washington top line that I really, really like in this game. I'm going to be honest. I think Detroit's best line as it stands might be the third line with Kubelik, Suter, and Sunkfist, which feels really weird to say. Um, you know, uh, you get two to the three guys on the second power play unit. I think it's reasonable to, you know, um, you know, one off a sunk fist or something like that. But Kubelik's price still hasn't really come down a lot um, from earlier in the season. So it's a bit of an expensive. It's kind of like Boston three in that sense. It's a bit of an expensive two man. I don't mind them, but I, there's really not much else higher in the Detroit lineup that I'm really chasing to play. So it's really the Washington top line slash Washington power play for me in this one. Yep, I'm on board there. Let's move to the blue line. John Carlson, 6,700. Uh, as you mentioned, Oshi out. Their power play may struggle a little bit, but Carlson, 6,700 is fine. Uh, Nick Jensen, 2,900 is okay. Orlov, 3,800. If you want to go chase points with Gustafsson, best of luck. Um, I doubt he'll <laughs> – can I just say the Leafs gave up the hat trick to Mark Pizik too? 
and Eric Gustafsson. Like, great job, Leafs. Just any time, any chance we get to bash the Leafs, we do it. On the Detroit side, like the prices are pretty good. Like Wallman's been way more active now. Like Jake Wallman, probably the preferred guy for me. Maurice Cedar is fine at forty eight hundred. Chronic's fine at forty nine hundred, but probably Jake Wallman for me. Yeah, we're. I'm not sure if it's really a great power play spot for Detroit. Um, you know, Washington does make take many penalties, only two point eight times shorthanded per game. Um, the penalty kill has generally been a lot better over the like their last twenty games. Obviously, there are some bad games in there, but every that happens to every team. Yeah, Jake Wallman skating over nineteen minutes and thirty seconds on average in his last four games. Um, has 11 shots and seven blocks in those four games as well. So even though it's up to 3K, I think he's still playable at that price. Um, yeah, I like that. I really do like that price on John Carlson as well. And even Dmitry Orloff, like he's looked good uh, since his return. I think, he, you know, Orloff is one of those guys, you know, in that mid threes, mid to high threes range that, you know, if the salary's left and he's there, and he's there I, th- I think it's perfectly acceptable to play him. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. I definitely agree there. Dallas Stars 3.8 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.6 total. Jake Ottinger probable. Daniil Tarasov confirmed. Boone Jenner, IR. Kent Johnson, top line center. Kent Johnson, winger on DK. Not the best matchup in the world, though. They're going to get, you know, Dallas one, which is, you know, tuning the machine back up here. Dallas one coming in around a little under 14% as a line. Uh, I think that's perfectly fine. They probably come in a little bit higher towards the end of the day. Um, they're projected very, very well, fully correlated blue jackets penalty kill. Not great. So yeah, Dallas one for me. Don't mind that Dallas third line either. Jamie Ben, Wyatt Johnson, Mason Marchment. The problem there is they're probably coming in over owned, but at the end of the day, there's ways to get different. So if you're not spending up for Dallas one, I think Dallas three is fine. Yeah, I that it for me, it's the pricing on Dallas. Twenty thousand six hundred feels like one of those spots where a lot of people are going to play him against Columbus uh, for very good reason. I mean, we do have them at thirteen uh, uh, percent on DraftKings per top stacks tool, lower on uh, FanDuel. Uh, because they are a lot more expensive. Um, they're $26,300 line on FanDuel. So relatively speaking, like $4,000 um, above when you factor in the difference in salary caps. So um, they're definitely a, a much lower home play on, on FanDuel. DraftKings, though, I think they're perfectly acceptable. 
I wonder how Columbus kind of runs their lines here because there have been times this season um, where they've been going through injury and they've sent out their fourth line um, out against the opposing top line. I guess it'd be technically the third line now with Eric Robertson and Sean Corrali. Sometimes they do use them in a shutdown role against the opposing top line. I it, I don't know if they're going to do that here, but I, I can't imagine they're going to send out Kent Johnson and Patrick Laine against the Dallas top line, that right? Like, true, but who knows, really? I, I mean, that just seems like a matchup for them to feast on. Um, here's the thing with Columbus is Boone Jenner really does make a pretty big difference on that top line. So looking at Johnny Godreau's on-ice numbers without him this year, and they're just bad. 1.9 expected goals for, 3.4 expected goals against. 2.8 actual goals for three actual goals against the goaltending is actually held up somewhat uh, in that sample. But yeah, I, I can't imagine Kent Johnson, and Patrick Line are going to make them that much better defensively. So if they do send them out against Dallas one, uh, they're probably going to get run over. If they send out Robinson Corrali and Marchenko, they're probably going to get run over. Like I really do like the Dallas top line here tonight. It, it is a pretty good spot for them. One of the problems, though, is the Columbus penalty kill in that they don't take a ton of penalties. They're around league average, time shorthanded per game. And the penalty kill has been much, much better um, over the last month or so than it was earlier in the season. Um, the Dallas power play, obviously, still very, very good. But it's not as good as it was over the first month of the season as well. So, yeah, like I, I have no problem playing the Dallas top line here tonight. Um, you know, amongst the expensive lines that aren't Edmonton, um, I think they're probably my favorite. Like if you talk about like Boston and Buffalo um, and Colorado, um, they're probably my favorite of that group, but they're also going to be the highest owned. I always worry about high owned expensive lines on the road. I like almost regardless of the matchup, you know what I mean? So it makes me kind of nervous, but they are on the top of my list uh, outside of Edmonton for those expensive lines. So I really do like um, that Dallas top line here. What to do with the depth is a little bit of a different issue because, um, you know, one thing that we do talk about is sometimes playing depth um, in these high total matchups, you know, avoiding the expensive lines. But like you said, um, a lot of ownership on that Johnston Marchman band line, um, you know, our top stacks tool, I'll bring it up real quick as them as one of the le uh, worst leverages on the slate um, other than the Arizona second line. I think you're going to see a lot of Arizona. We'll get to them. We're thinking we're going to see a lot of Arizona on this slate, which is kind of weird, but just way too much ownership on the depth. So um, I, I think for me, this is a case where I would just, I would just go to the top line um, rather than anything else. Like if you want to mix in Jamie Ben for the power play exposure, I think that's fine, but it's the Dallas top line for me on the Columbus side. I don't know, man. Um, like I said, without Jenner there, I'm not sure how good that top line is. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know how long Kent Johnson lasts on that top line. His numbers this year aren't very good. He's a rookie, but he's playing on the top line. And he's going to you know, be expected to play at a commensurate level. And if he's not, Jack Rosovic and Patrick Laine have actually played pretty well offensively this year. It wouldn't surprise me to see Rosovic move up, especially if Dallas gets out to like a 2-0 or 3-0 lead or something like that. So... Probably not a lot for me from the Columbus side. Uh, Dallas top line for me. I don't think this is a spot where I'm going to go and play the depth. Yeah, I also agree that if Kent Johnson comes out, not great. That we'll see Rouselvic up there before long. So just you know, keep that in mind if you are on the Columbus side here tonight. 
On the blue line, Mira Haskinen for the power play. I think that's fine. Otherwise, Eslindau, Nils Lundqvist. Vladislav Gavrikov, 3,900. Or our boy, Eric Gabranson, 2,900 is the play on the Columbus side. Yeah, I think it's good, Branson. Like, normally I, I do like Esselindel, but again, without Jenner and on a team that, you know, is not a high shot volume team anyway, it's like, is this a spot where Lindell's, you know, probable, likely has a good chance of getting the block bonus? Like, I don't really think so. Um, so, you know, I have no problem just playing Haskinen. Um, he's 5,200. That's pretty reasonable for him in, in a 3.8 total, even if he doesn't put up monster peripherals. Uh, yeah, good, Branson. <laughs> I hate saying this, but he's one of my favorite sub 3K plays on DraftKings here tonight. I mean, he's going to put up peripherals. He has been putting up peripherals, going to play good minutes against a team that can shoot a lot. And I think a block bonus is uh, potentially in his future here tonight on DraftKings. Yep. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsor- sponsored by BetMGM. Gets you a risk-free bet up to $1,000 in two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Very easy. Most important part. Click the link in the description so your boys, Josh Cliffy, get the credit. We want to be the highest selling show on this channel. So if you need to sign up, give us the credit. Click the link in the description below. Follow the steps. You'll get a free bet up to $1,000 and you'll get, you know, two free months Stochastic Plus Platinum. After everything settles, check your email. You'll get it from BetMGM, not Stochastic. You'll get an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months Stochastic plus platinum so again check the link and click the link in the description below for more details sign us up make us the top selling show you guys know what to do let's move on to the next one edmonton with a 3.3 total heading into nashville the predators have a 3.2 total jack campbell uc saros confirmed nashville's total has gone up through the day edmonton's total has gone down through the day that's despite Nashville saying that Thomas Novak is going to be the top line center between Philip Forsberg and Michael Granlin. Second line of Nino Niederreiter, Cody Glass, Colton Sissons. A third line of Cole Smith, Ryan Johansson, and Matt Duchesne. Uh, It doesn't really matter what the Edmonton lines are outside of the top line when Drysaddle, Hyman, and McDavid are together. So, yeah, for me, this is an Edmonton game. They are 25,000. 400 on DraftKings, which is, is I think, the most expensive they've been this season. It is very tough to get them in with something in line. That's why you're seeing ownership as a cumulative line under 10%. McDavid up around 13%. He might come in a bit higher than that. People love to, you know, one-off McDavid. But I think if you're going to do anything with uh, the Oilers here, you full stack that top line. You could take out Hyman, add Nugent Hopkins to save, you know, 1,200 and go about your day on the Nashville side, like Jack Campbell and that I want to get behind some Nashville here, but like these lines are just brutal. So I don't know, maybe a one-off to Shane. Yossi's probably my favorite play, which we'll get to on the blue line. Yeah. I, I mean, Novak's not in the DK player pool, so you can't even stack the top line for Nashville if you want. Um, and it was funny. I was looking through some of the um, like expected goals numbers earlier today on the season so far. I hadn't really realized Michael Granlin is having an absolutely brutal um, season when you look at expected goals, um, expected goals impact, let's call it. Um, There are 330 forwards that have played at least 250 minutes um, together this year, 
you know, at all strengths um, so far this season. Uh, Michael Granlin's expected goals impact fourth worst in hockey. The only players worse are Frank Vitrano, Patrick Kane, and Travis Boyd. Fourth worst in hockey. And it's funny because I was looking at some of the line combinations and how players have performed um, in different combinations for Nashville this year. I'm going to be honest. Uh, as long as people don't have Michael Granlin on their line, they're not really playing that bad for Nashville. Um, it's I was looking at at numbers with um, you know just Cody Glass and Nino Niederreiter. Um, 3.6 expected goals fourth, 2.3 expected goals against, 3.3 actual goals for, 1.2 against. Um, Duchesne and Johansson actually don't have terrible numbers together either. I I don't have any interest in that in that um, Nashville top line. To me, that's that that Nashville line is um, the Andrew Cop Lucas Raymond of Nashville, right? Like Granlin's just sinking everybody he plays with, and that includes Forsberg. And you can't even play Novak, so um, no interest on the Nashville top line. It'd be the second and third lines. I agree with you. I don't know if I'm full stacking anything because, like, Nito Rider, um, Glass, and Sissons, like, I think two manning, like, Glass and Nito Rider, like, that would be one of the places I would look. You know, I think this is game stackable, right? It would be one of the places I'd look to put them in with expensive Boston or expensive Edmonton or something like that, like a, a Nito Rider, Glass, two man, like I said, or need a rider scissors, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, even Johansson and Duchesne, I think, um, are playable uh, together. Even though Nashville did kind of change up their power play lines in the last game, they had Jordan Gross and Roman Yossi on the top power play together. So, you know, whether they go back to that in this game, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, I don't mind like a need a rider glass two-man or, you know, if you want to get a bit more expensive, like a Johansson, Duchesne two-man or something like that. Um, particularly that Nashville second line. I think that's one of the spots where I would go look to go at, look for cheap players to put in my expensive stacks. So um, that's kind of where I am with the Predators. But uh, like, what do you say about uh, Edmonton at this point? <laughs> like like you said, you play the top guys. Um, I think you can take off uh, Hyman for Nugent Hopkins, but honestly, Hyman's just shooting the puck and having such a good season that it's really, really hard to leave him off. Um, I, I love the top line, the Nashville penalty kill, bottom five over the last month. Their goaltending has really, really, really let them down. Um, Edmonton draws a lot of power plays. Um, Nashville above average in time shorthanded this season. So I really, really do like the Edmonton top line. It's just a matter of finding um, cheap two mans and cheap players to use with them and i think this is this game is very uh one of those games where we can game stack and go use that you know need a rider glass or glasses or something like that yep and then on the blue line roman yossi 8400 i think is is the best spend up spot on the night on the blue line he just he just is he plays half the game and he's always involved if you know national scores so i i think he's perfectly fine I feel like Jesse Pinkman, when I talk about Tyson Berry, I want to like scream, how can you keep getting away with this? He's been on fire lately. I'm not going to scream because the dogs are sleeping. Don't need to wake those beasts up. Um, but yeah, like I'm a notorious Tyson Berry fader and it just feels bad hopping back on this wagon now at 5,100. But if you want to play him, I think it's fine for me. I'll still go back to nurse at 5,500. 
Yeah. Um, Barry's a little expensive because it's like, what are you going to do? I think it kind of worked in their last game where if you went off Barry, he had three assists or whatever. How often is that really going to work no out? On goal, though. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, exactly. Alex Wenberg. Really going to work out, um, you know, over and over for Edmonton. And he is expensive. So, like, I, like I don't really like Barry. I think Nurse is fine as a one-off if you if you want to use him. On the Nashville side, um, they said Alex Carrier is going to be back in the lineup. Um, they said Ryan McDonough's return is imminent, whether that means tonight or whether that means their next game. Um, Ryan McDonough could be back. So, I think Dante Fabro's season is now officially canceled. Yep. Um, thanks to Mr. Fabro, we had we got a couple good games out of you. We appreciate your service. Um I guess Ekholm at 3K, I think is perfectly fine. But yeah, it, it's it's got to be Roman Yossi here. He's, I think, one of my favorite plays on the entire slate, defense or forward. Absolutely. Let's go from this banger of a game to this sludge fest, probably. New York Islanders with a 2.5 total heading into Colorado. The Avs have a three total. Ilya Sorokin is confirmed. Alexander Yorgiev, probable, although I think I saw him get confirmed. Not sure there. JT Confer still up on that top line in between Lekkonen and Rantanen. Second line of New Hook, Rodriguez, and Valerie Nishushkin. Like, uh, I just never know what to do with the Islanders. If anything, I probably am going to that Lee Nelson Bavillier line. And on the island, like on the Av side, like, yeah, I think going to that top line is fine, but I think I almost prefer the second line with Rodriguez and Nishushkin. Like Newhook has started to come alive a little bit now that he's not being relied on to be the second center. They moved him to the wing. He's kind of relaxed a little bit. I don't know. I, I kind of like that second line. Um, but again, like five and a half total, eight game slate. I don't know how much I'm prioritizing from this game. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough, especially with that second line because of all the different price points, particularly on DraftKings. You have New Hook under 3K. You have Rodriguez at 4,500. Then you have Nachushkin at 8K. Like, it feels bad to say, but um, I think this is another case where um, you can go with a cheap two man and do like a New Hook Rodriguez two man. Do you know what I mean? Because this isn't necessarily a great power play spot for the Avs. Um, So I don't think, you know, you really need to include the PP1 guy here um, for Colorado. Um, I think if, you know, the Avs really do get there tonight, um, it's going to be um, through the five-on-five play, not necessarily the power play. So I don't think you need to include Nachushkin, and it makes it reasonably cheap two-man uh, between the two of them. I think average like $3,700 um, if you stack the two. So it's one of those two-mans that I think you can put in with um, Edmonton or Boston or what have you. Um, I agree with you. New Hook has looked better. Evan Rodriguez, um, he had a big game. Um, in his first game back, I think it was a goal and six shots or something like that. Um, not as much in his last one, but uh, still fine. They're probably going to see a fair bit of that Lee Nelson Beauvillier line. And that line's just been bad defensively going all the way back to last year. Um, the, I'm not worried about that matchup. What I'm worried about is Elias Sorokin, right? Like that's kind of what we say when you face the Islanders is like five on five. It's not really that bad of a matchup. It's just facing Sorokin and whether he's going to stand on his head. So, yeah, I don't mind a new hook Rodriguez too, man. I don't think I'm going to go to Colorado one here. Um, You know, they're certainly in play, especially where they're not really carrying that much ownership. It is a good leverage play on the night. So I would definitely be including them. You know, if I was playing 40 or 50 lineups or certainly 150 or whatever, um, you know, one to three, I don't think this is one of the expensive lines that I'm going to focus on. 
on the Islanders side. I don't know, man. Uh, they either. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to do with them. Wallstrom's, you know, his ice time's still not climbing a little bit. Matt Barzal played under 60 minutes in the last game. Looks like he got benched at the end. Um, didn't play at all with the empty net. Um, Barzal, I was looking at his shots. He only has 34 shots in his last 19 games. And nine of those shots came in one game, which means 25 shots in the other 18. That's not very good at all. Um, you know, Colorado's not terrible defensively. Um, you know, the top line's been fine. I don't, you know, obviously conference not great, but it's fine enough when you have um, Rantanen um, and, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on that? Okay. Top line? Rantanen, okay. yeah, God, former Hab. Um so not that bad. So probably nothing for me from the Islanders top line. Um, it would be the Islanders second line. I think I do have interest in because as bad as they are defensively, they do generate offensively. You do get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They aren't super expensive, not coming in with a ton of ownership. So if anything, it would be Islanders two for me here. I think you can even drop down to Islanders three and go like a Parise Pajot two man or something like that, right? Like Parise is actually not having a bad season. He's on pace for over 25 goals. Pajot's on the top power play unit. Um, I think that's a perfectly acceptable two man. So I honestly think this is a case where I'm going to be looking at the depth plays more than the top lines. Yeah. I wish Parise was a little bit cheaper. Clicking yeah. in $4,400 Parise in 2022, just, you know, I, I feel you. Yeah. It just feels bad. And like, it just it's just awful. But yeah, I actually don't mind that third line. On the like 4400 Parise, I you know, light some sage in my house before I do it, but we'll see what happens. Uh on the blue lines here, I think the guys on the Islander side would be like Mayfield, Romanoff. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I have to, you know, check on five hose, you know, minutes log here. I like he's, good. he's still min price. I think Noah Dobson's even fine at 5,900, but I prefer the cheaper guys. On the Av side, Makar's pretty expensive. This isn't the best power play matchup, so I'm probably looking at Sam Girard, 2,800, Eric Johnson, 3,600, even Devin Tays, 4,700. Yeah, probably Sam Girard for me on the Colorado side. I, I agree with you. I don't think I'm paying up uh, for Makar. Um, this actually isn't a bad game for cheap defensemen. Like Sebastian Ajo, the other Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman, been playing right around 20 minutes a game on average since Adam Pellet got hurt. Um, he's still min price. I think Pellet, I think Ajo's uh, very much in play um, at min price. Don't mind Romanoff either uh, at 2,800. 
feels like uh, for that price, you don't really need a lot more than the shot block bonus from him. And it feels like this is a game where he can go out and get it. So, um, you know, 2,800, I'd, I'd take that risk. I think I'm looking for cheap defensemen here, particularly on the Islanders side. Yep. Let's move on to the people's main event. And it is the people's main event. It's my main event. Anyway, Montreal Canadiens with a 2.9 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a three total Jake Allen, Carol Vimelka. Probable this game, this game, my God, the two of the worst penalty kills in the league. Ah, like these lines are just, I don't know, like Kirby Doc, second line slanter with uh, Slavkovsky and Drew N. Min Price Drew N on the top power play unit, top line of Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, third line of Dadanoff, Dvorak, Hoffman. Like there's three playable lines here for the Canadiens. On the Arizona side, like Nick Schmaltz off the top power play unit, which is, you know, just a circus in itself. Top power play unit is now Keller, Boyd, uh, Kraus, Matias Maselli, and J.J. Moser. <laughs> with Chikrin and Ghost still on the second power. Like, if these units were what they're supposed to be, it'd be such a much better game. But, like, as it stands, I think, you know, Habs top line's in play. I think the Kraus lines in play. I think the Dvorak lines in play. I think if I had to rank it, and then we'll we'll get your total here. On the Montreal side, I go Montreal 1, Suzuki. Montreal 3, Dvorak. Dock line. And on the Arizona side, it would probably be the Bustad-Kraus line, then the top line. Yeah. Um, really weird line combinations here. Uh, the Montreal top line actually does have a reasonable sample with Josh Anderson there. Has been very good. Um, 55 minutes together, a 35% shot attempt share. That's really bad. Um, I don't know if Arizona is necessarily going to run them over, but it does make a pretty good matchup for that Arizona top line. Um, and they're not coming in with a ton of ownership under 5%. Um, we're showing in our top stacks tool on DraftKings um, under 5% on FanDuel. I think that's perfectly fine um, on an eight game slate at home against the Habs. Um, like I said, that has top line pretty porous defensively. Um, offensively, I think they can be fine because Josh Anderson, he can create by himself. You know, Suzuki um, and Caulfield have shown pretty good chemistry over the last year, basically since Martin St. Louis took over. But I, I think it's going down to, I agree with you, that Dvorak Hoffman third line. Um, now I, I know they're coming in with a lot of ownership, um, one of the most overowned spots on the night, along with the Arizona second line. But it is a reason... Uh, Pretty decent spot, um, obviously, against the Arizona depth. The Arizona depth, not very good. So um, I, I do think Montreal 1 is very much in play. But honestly, I think my favorite play on that line is just one-offing Josh Anderson um, rather than paying up for Caulfield or Suzuki. Um, other than that, dipping down to that third line with Dvorak and Hoffman. On the Arizona side, that second line's coming in with a ton of ownership. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, kind of in that line with Dvorak and Hoffman. I still like Lawson Krause as a one-off. I don't think you – like, you don't have to play Maselli with him. He just doesn't shoot. You really need three points out of him to really have a big um, DFS night. Um, not sure that you can do that. So Lawson Krause one-off. I think it's the Arizona top line I'd be more inclined to play than anything. I know they split them up on the power play, but Montreal's penalty kill, like, they do allow a lot of shots, but the goalies have actually been pretty good on the penalty kill. So I'd focus more on the five-on-five five here. And that's just full stack in the Arizona top line. So probably Arizona top line for me, maybe a two-man up to Borak and Hoffman, maybe one off and Josh Anderson, something like that. 
I can get on board with that. My screen has froze. There we go. Let's move to the blue line. Uh, the Habs are going with a uh, five-man forward power play unit. So because Matheson is out again, so I'll probably Jonathan Kovacevic, Caden Goulet, 3,400 is okay. On the Arizona side, I th- like Chikrin's fine in a nutshell. If you had if you had top power play time, he'd be a great play. But that's probably about it. Like I guess you could play JJ Moser at forty one hundred or Josh Brown at twenty eight hundred, but I don't know. Yeah, Chikrin. My problem with Chikrin is like he's kind of like Dougie Hamilton. He shoots a lot, but he doesn't block a lot of shots. So you're not you know going to get a lot of block bonuses on DraftKings out of him. So you're relying on shots and points, and if you're relying on points from the Arizona Coyotes, it's like, oh, really? Um, so I don't mind him, but I think like somebody like John Carlson, I think, is a better play on defense for relatively the same price here tonight. Koba Savage is interesting because when Matheson was out and they had those injuries, you know, a few games back, um, he was playing like 20 minutes, um, 20 minutes plus sometimes. So I think he's fine at 2,600, but, you know, I, I think – Sebastian Ajo for the Islanders makes a better super cheap play than him. So uh, not a lot for defensemen here for me. Yep. If you've never signed up for a stochastic membership, we got a three-day risk-free NHL trial for you. Again, with all these reads, click the link in the description below. We will get credit if you sign up. And don't you want to give this face some credit? It is the holiday season. You get full access to everything NHL stochastic has to offer, which is you know, we talk about the lineup builder top stacks all the time. Um, it it really is how we get through the show, how we build our lineups. Cliffy has the lineup builder on the screen. If you if you can see if you see there's top stacks, the lineup builder gives you the lines, gives you power play units, projections, um, point projections for the line, ownership. There's a free version, but it doesn't have any of that. This is how we get through the show. This is how we build our lineups. It is honestly the best tool that we have. It has all of our tools in there. You also get access to the um, Discord, which is invaluable. You get all the late-breaking news with the lines. You get sharp minds. You get Newhouse talking about cooking ribeyes and catering trays. Everything you want. So, yeah, click the link in, link in the description below and get your three-day free trial. About eight minutes or about six minutes to the last two games left. Buffalo Sabres with a 3.0 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.6. Uko, Pekka, Lukanen. That's just really fun to say. Probable. Aiden Hill is confirmed. Now, if it was Logan Thompson, I probably would have less interest in the Buffalo top line here. Just because, you know, Vegas is a pretty good team. Even without Jack Eichel, they're still okay defensively phil kessel up on that top line doesn't help them defensively aiden hill worse goalie than logan thompson so i think buffalo top line is in play for me and i think going back to the vegas second line definitely in play especially now that riley smith is on the top unit yeah i do like this spot five on five uh for buffalo one especially with aiden hill in net the problem is is like vegas really doesn't take penalties 2.5 times shorthanded per game and buffalo to really hit their upside, they really do need, um, you know, some power play time. Um, you know, they're coming in pretty reasonably owned, um, just 9% on DraftKings. Um, they're obviously coming in much lower owned uh, or much higher owned than lines like Boston and Colorado, but lower than Dallas. 
Uh, I think Buffalo one perfectly acceptable to use here. Buffalo two still playing pretty well. Um, Cousins for Turkey Quinn. Three expected goals, four, five actual goals, four in their last 110 minutes together. They are giving up quite a bit defensively. They're below average in that regard. Now, Vegas doesn't hard match, um, but I think I'm going to avoid the Vegas top line. Their goal scoring is pretty much cut in half at five on five without Jack Eichel. I'm not sure Phil Kessel is a really good replacement for him at this point of his career. So, yeah, so we'll be dumping down to Vegas too. I mean, Smith and Marshall both are both on the top power play unit now. I think Smith was near 20 minutes in that last game with that additional power play time. Um, they've been playing really, really well at five on five. It's just, you know, the problem with them is is shooting percentage. If if they have a reasonable shooting percentage, they can score a lot of goals. If they don't, they won't because they do generate a fair bit of offense. It's just actually um, hitting the net and scoring. So uh, Vegas two for me here. I agree with you on Buffalo one. Um, I think they're a nice, uh, you know, reasonable pivot if you want to get away uh, from, you know, what should be a much higher owned uh, Dallas line. So. Uh, Buffalo one, Vegas two for me in this game. On the blue line here, Alex Petrangelo is back. He was back over the weekend. Some scary stuff with his daughter. I'm glad she's okay. Um, 6,400 on that top power play unit is perfectly fine. If not, I think Nick Haig is all right on the Buffalo side. This, like Rasmus Dahlin, 7,200, I guess is fine, but like, Again, like you mentioned before, I'd rather play Carlson for 6,700. I'd rather find the extra 1,200 for uh, Yossi. So I think you can go to like Pilot or Matias Samuelson here. Yeah, I think it's probably Samuelson. Him and Dolan have been playing huge minutes of late, like 26 to 28 minutes. If I can get that many minutes uh, from Samuelson for 3,200, don't mind him um, in that low threes range. Let's get to the last game of the night. St. Louis Blues, the 3.1 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 3.3. Their total has jumped 10% throughout the day from 3 to 3.3, even though Pedersen has been ruled out. Jordan Bennington, Spencer Martin, probable. Uh, Blues running back, Saad, O'Reilly, Levo, Luchnevis, Shen, Tarasenko, and the third line, which is fully correlated, Barbashev, Thomas, Kairou, which actually I don't mind as a line because these Vancouver lines – are just a mess. Uh, Garland, Horvat, Lazar, Mikheyev, JT Miller, Andre Kuzmenko, Hoglander, Peterson, Sheldon Drees. Like, I think like this is a sneaky blue spot. There just isn't much ownership outside of that Buchnevich and Tarasenko line, which obviously has the name value. But like Thomas is their best center. Kairou has been a very good goal scorer. So like, I don't mind going to this third line here. Yeah. Um, Robert Thomas is a really, really good um, playmaking um, center. Um, Jordan Cairo is just a really, really good offensive winger. So, um, you know, definitely do have some interest in them. Like Barbashev and Thomas actually had decent offensive numbers together this year. They played nearly 50 minutes together, 3.7 expected goals, four, nearly four actual goals, all perfectly correlated, playing against that depth from Vancouver. Like, I think that's another spot. Like, I know that they're – expensive but barbershop wanted like two men like barbershop Cairo. i think that's something that's perfectly in play i think putting all three of them like thomas just doesn't shoot a lot you're really relying on a three-point game especially on DraftKings, for him to have good um, dfs value so like two men of like barbershop or Cairo, something like that i think is very much in play here on the vancouver side i should mention that they went to bo horvat jt miller connor garland um for the second half of their last their last game their 5-1 loss to winnipeg so 
with the optional skate, like I don't even know what the lines are going to be for the Canucks, um, especially with Besser possibly coming back tonight. Um, so I, I think if anything, you just focus on the power play guys. Um, Garland move up to the top power play with Pedersen out. If Besser's back, I think he'll probably get to the top power play, but there's a chance Garland, Horvat, and Miller are all together at five on five and on the power play. Not really a terrible power play spot for Vancouver. We know how bad St. Louis's penalty kill has been for most of the season. So um, I think it'd probably be just one-offing some guys from the Vancouver side. If I'm full stacking anything, it's St. Louis. And I think I agree with you. It's Barbershop, Thomas, Cairo. Yeah. And uh, coming up right after us, we have the no house advantage. That's not knee house advantage. It's the no house advantage. Monday night NFL show uh, coming up at the top of the hour. So, if you're interested in no house advantage NFL, stick with us through the top here. Uh, 16 goalies tonight. Who do you like in net? Um, yeah, a lot of goalies. I do like Lynn Philmark tonight. Obviously, Sorokin at his price on DK. I'll always play him, um, especially with um, the abs not having um, Nathan McKinnon in the lineup. Um, King Carl Vimelka, always in play for me, um, especially against a low-scoring team like Montreal. And I'll mention Charlie Lindgren on FanDuel. He's got a pretty good FanDuel price, so I'll mention him as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, goalies against Boston, because since there's such a high-volume team, Spencer Knight has the ability to win any game he starts. So Spencer Knight at 7,200, I yep. think, is a nice pivot off Sorokin, especially on DraftKings. That's their similar price points. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Uh, we're going to Washington, baby, but it's not Ovechkin. I'm going to go with Evgeny Kuznetsov. Very nice. Um, I'm going to go from a game, the last game we just talked about. I'm going Ivan Barbashev, baby. Keep it wow. up with the spice. That would be something to see. Ivan Barbashev, let's see what you can do. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov, let's see what you can do. Yep. For Cliffy, I am Josh. We will see you tomorrow. We'll be here this week except for saturday and we have a nice schedule um so we'll see you in discord click those links in the description i want to see new faces in discord and you know, good luck everybody good luck everyone with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For whatever reason, there's always been a stigma around mental health in our communities. Some people say that talking about your feelings makes you weak. But you know what? It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. No matter what you're struggling with, you can call or text 988-LIFELINE to connect with a trained crisis counselor and get the resources and support you need. No judgment, no stigma, just hope. Text or call 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night. 988. Hope has a new number.